1: of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bandwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Get Civical.
2: This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm
1: Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist.
2: In this episode, we are talking with Kat Calvin, founder and executive director of Spread the Vote.
1: So grab your ID. And let's get civical.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back once again to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And
1: I'm Arden Walentowski. And today we have an uber super special guest. Uber super special. We are talking to Kat Kelvin. She is the founder and executive director of Spread the Vote, which is an organization that helps people in voter ID states. Obtain the IDs that they need for life and to vote, which is amazing. It's literally so amazing. Kat, thank you work. so much for for doing a what you do and yeah. also coming
2: on and and chatting with us um, about what it is that you do. So welcome.
3: Well, thanks so much for having me.
2: Our of pleasure. Course. Yes. So I just kind of want to jump right in with just sort of an overview of Spread the Vote. Can you tell us a little bit about? what it is, sort of the origin stories, how it got started, just to sort of paint a picture for our listeners about, like, who may not know what this organization is, um, just about who you guys are.
3: Sure. So I'm, um, in a nutshell, Spread the Vote helps uh, people who Mostly, but recently with the addition of Pennsylvania, not completely, I had need IDs and voter ID states. I'm, we started uh, after the 2016 election, uh, like everyone else. I had run some other organizations and then I got very sick and I retired and I swore I was never going to run another nonprofit again.
2: Oh no. <laughs> that no. lasted a <laughs> whole 11 months. <laughs> yeah. And
3: then, uh, 2016 happened and my retirement turned into a sabbatical. I'm- of course. And I, I had, I had I studied so the Voting Rights Act in law school and, and, and studied elections in, in South Africa, and, but it was when we still had a Voting Rights Act. And so I'm, it was very like, here's this you know, magnificent piece of legislation and let's like study it you know from the legal perspective and how it works, et cetera, and then go on with mm-hmm. your life. Um, and then a few years later, Shelby County Beholder happened, which uh, was mm-hmm. the Supreme mm-hmm. Court case that really uh, knocked out the teeth of the Voting Rights Act. So... I won't get too wonky, but basically, there was a section of the Voting Rights Act that um, said that any time that any of the it was like eleven or twelve states that had a real history of voter suppression, if they wanted to make any changes whatsoever to their elections process, locally, statewide, whatever, that it had to be uh, approved. It had to go through this process called pre-clearance by the Department of Justice. Um, and so they would go and they'd say, "Can we do things like can we have a voter ID law?" The Department of Justice would say no. That's clearly racist. Go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then the Supreme Court in 2013, uh Chief Justice John Roberts said, "Hey, we have a black president, so racism is over, and we it's no sure we solved it. Act. Just yeah, obviously washed our hands that, of it. Thank check goodness. that the box. Move on Good to next <laughs> racism. Um, so we don't even need a Voting Rights Act anymore. Obviously, um, and they got rid of. That really but that, that the teethy part, the part that protected um people from voter suppression um and literally within two hours, the Texas and Alabama state legislatures started working on passing voter ID laws. This had been something that I'm um, had been in the works in many states for a while they'd been testing it out they had legislation passed so that as soon as this Supreme Court case happened, um states were able to pass voter ID laws very very quickly um and we went yeah from having like two states that had voter ID laws. Two, we now have thirty-four. It happened very quickly. Um, and oh I'm, my god! Yes, yes. Um, and the twenty sixteen election was our first national election without the pre- uh, protections of the Voting Rights Act since it passed. Mm. Um, and so we saw a lot of effects from that. And that's why you know when you're hearing about things like voter purging and all of these things, you're like, "That's weird." I feel like mm-hmm. I didn't hear about that until recently. It's because until recently, it was all illegal. I. Uh, but then we, the Voting Rights Act went away, and all of a sudden, they could do all of these different things. I'm so it was really obvious to me after the election um, in which, you know, I have to say before the election, uh, you know, a lot of incredible groups, all the ones we've come to rely on and respect, the ACLU and the Get Women Voters and Brennan Center and all of them, they had been trying really hard to pa- uh, to uh, fight these voter ID laws in the courts. But Pennsylvania is actually the only state that's ever successfully done that. You know, Texas's oh, wow. voter ID law has been struck down by the courts five times and they still have it. Um, it's just they're very hard <laughs> to fight. Um, and so the election happened and uh, it was clear that voter ID laws definitely impacted um, the presidential election but what voter suppression, uh, what they really impacted I'm um, was local and state elections, because you don't have to suppress as many votes to mm-hmm. influence a local and state election because the margin of victory is so much smaller, right? Right, um, right, right. So right. they really had a huge impact on that. But they also, I mean, you know, in states like Wisconsin- where there are 300,000 registered voters who don't have ID, you know, and the margin of victory between uh, Hillary and Trump was it was like 14,000 or something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but it was significantly smaller than the difference between people who could could have voted if they didn't have uh, if they had ID or if there was no voter ID law. And so I sort of looked at all of this and I'm, you know, saw, all right, well, look, I'm a very practical person if you need an ID to vote, and it's pretty clear these laws aren't going to change anytime soon, let's just get people IDs. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, why isn't anybody <laughs> else doing this? And then I spoke to like Brendan and ACLU, and they were like, haha, you'll find out. But I always have to choose the hardest way. Uh, and I've identified deeply with the Dixie Chick songs, The Long Way. It's just like, what is the longest, toughest <laughs> way that I can yes. do something? That's the way I'm going to do it. Yes. That's an anthem, the national anthem in some ways, for sure.
2: That's
1: so
3: So I started I started spread the vote. Um and it became clear very, very quickly that if you don't have the ID you need to vote. And you don't have an ID you need to get a job, to get housing, to get medical care, that there are a huge percentage of food banks that won't give you food if you don't have ID, that there are a lot of shelters that won't you sleep there at night without ID, that you know like not having ID is really life or death. And that is not that I knew or understood before I started Spread the Vote. Um, So we really built our organization around the principle of helping people get IDs that they can use every day of the year. So we get them DMV IDs, usually the walker's ID, but if people need help getting a driver's license, we help with that. We help get all the documents required, Mm -hmm. birth certificates, proofs of identity, proofs of residency, all of those things. We pay for everything. Uh, We help with transportation. Oh, wow. A driver's license, you earn ID, then you can't drive. And over 10 million Americans live more than 10 miles from their DMV. Um, so we help with that. And we help with advocacy and all of these offices. And we make sure that they get an ID in their hands that they can then use for everything they need it for in their lives. And then... <coughs> we if they're eligible to vote register them to vote and then when an election comes along um we help do voter education so 77 percent of our clients have never voted before um mm. which means that there's a lot of very sort of Super basic, everything from why should I vote to how do I vote to not just who I yeah, yeah, yeah. for, but like what is it? Like what does the board of supervisors do and why do I care? It's like turns out they're the most important <laughs> people in the country. <laughs> so we make our own voter guides and we do voter parties and all sorts of things to help our clients um, understand and really feel empowered before they go into the polls and have a voter plan. And then we take them to the polls um, on election day or during early voting if we have that in whatever state we're in um, and make sure that they're able to vote. That's us in a, in a very big nutshell. That's Jeez, so Louise. much stuff, Kat. I'm so,
2: Kat,
1: I just, I. <laughs> we like make a podcast I
3: and know, you're saving so the
2: world. I know, so grateful for you. And just, it's just amazing when finding out about people like you and organizations like Spread the Vote, because you're right. It's just like, it's cha- it changes people's lives to have this identification. And you don't realize it right. until you think about all the times you need a form of ID. Right. Which I mean, is literally I, to do anything now.
1: I have the, you know, we live in New York um, and I have the time in my day and the financial means to get my own uh, like driver's license. But it still took me three to four hours. I think it was almost, almost four hours sitting at the DMV to get my new license.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: just, you know, coming from somebody who can af- afford the time and the money to do that. If you don't have those resources. It's impossible. It's, it would be impossible.
3: I mean, we have clients yeah. who've gone decades without uh, ID. Wow! You know, we have you know people who I'm um, have needed it for massive life events and haven't been able to get it. Um, and it's hard everywhere. Mm. You know, my goal is to be in all fifty states. Uh it's uh, New York. Uh, whenever we have to get a birth certificate from New York or New Jersey, we just shed a tear because it's so hard. Oh <laughs> no! Is it really? We had a board member. I'm. Um, who was a white man who owned a financial technology company, and he could not get his ID. And he lived in New York because it's so hard there. Oh my god! Actually, I actually have a friend insane. who lives in New York, doesn't have an ID, and every time he goes to the airport, they like like he goes hours early because they do like a whole body cavity search because he he has to fly and he doesn't have ID. The you know, it's really hard in New York. I mean, it's hard in most states. I'm yeah. That's crazy. It's such a task. I live in. In California where, you know, it's we've had to go through a lot of extraordinary measures to help someone get a birth certificate if they were born here, but live in Texas. It's it's tough everywhere. Right, right. I'm. And so for for all of us, you know, I'm probably the only person in the country who's really excited about real ID because everyone this year is going to have to go to the DMV and remember how hard it is to get an ID. And I would be like, yep, I'm yes. right. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, no, this that's... is this is what you need to fly, right? The new it's the
2: new, the yeah. new ID yeah. Back I have to get it. this yeah. year.
1: Do it, do it now, and go like whatever day that Google tells you is the best day to go to the DMV. Don't go to that day because <laughs> that's like the day that everybody is now going. I think it's like a Wednesday at from like at like ten a.m. Yeah, go at like I don't know, be the first in line. It was horrendous, and we're not even. Like a, Close. a voter ID state, no, it's just no. imp- the New York DMV is impossible.
3: It's just it's really Thank it's you. tough yes. everywhere, and so you know when you and you you know if you think about it, you can't get a job without ID. So you know almost percent right. yeah. of the people we're working with are unemployed. They are. um you know they're they're living either you can't get an ap- apartment without an i d and if you're homeless and you're right like homeless service placement, you can't get that without an i d so they are often either um housing insecure or they are houseless or they are you know mm. couch surfing or they're living with somebody else et cetera um but there's just so many basics you know you can't cash a check or get a bank account without an i d right like <laughs> it's
1: just how do you how do you find the people that you work with? and vice versa like how do they find you do you is it like word of mouth like hey i have a friend who like my friend doesn't i know doesn't have an id yeah but I know of your organization.
3: It's starting to be now uh, or well uh, for the last little while. i um, you know, I think once we got past our like first thousand or so, then people were like telling folks about it. But the, the main way that we um, f- connect with clients is that our volunteers, so we have over 600 trained volunteers around the country and they um, work in their own communities. Um, if you create chapters and uh, they partner with, Pretty much everybody who serves the 11% of the population, I don't know if I said this, but it's over 21 million eligible voters in the country who don't have ID and far more if you include people who are not eligible. Right. It's so crazy how many people like, can't vote. It's insane. Like It's over 21 million eligible voters in the country who don't have ID and 34 states have voter ID laws. Um, And all of those are sort of varying levels of strictness. um, But it's a lot. But it's also that's, you know, really, I think probably when you include people who aren't eligible to vote for a variety of reasons, 25 to 26 million people who don't even have access to a job or a shelter bed or all of these basics because they don't have ID. Yeah. So they are a population that is very likely to uh, encounter some sort of public service. So we connect with homeless shelters. We go into prisons, into schools, into food banks, churches. Uh, We work with, uh, for instance, the uh, New Orleans Public Defender's Office, you know, just all sorts of Mm, different types of agencies and organizations that um, work with our same population of folks and who generally don't have either the expertise or the funding or usually both um, in order to help folks get ids um and then our volunteers will do things like they'll go to you know the same shelter once a week we've got you know great volunteers who've been with us since the beginning in virginia who've been going to the same vol- shelter once or twice a week for like two and a half years now or we'll I? Uh, with a couple of prisons that will go in once a quarter and will help everyone who's going to be released in the next three months get an ID. Um, or I we work with a lot of uh, like domestic violence shelters and we'll have uh, volunteers who are specifically trained by that shelter and so they'll call us when they have a client and one of the specifically trained volunteers will go in. So we try to work with each uh, organization in the way that's best for their community. Now, like now that we're known, now that there's a lot of word of mouth, we get a ton. You know, we probably get. I <sighs> 10, at least, you know, emails or texts or phone calls a day from people around the country who've heard of us and really need help getting IDs. Oh, that's amazing. Bring their friends. And and one of the reasons we try to create consistency is because the vast majority of our clients don't have cell phones or access to the internet. And so they can also be really tough to find. But if they know, oh, you're going to be at, you know, True Earth every Tuesday, not only can I come and get an update on my status, but I can tell my friend, hey, go there Tuesday at three o'clock. They're always there.
1: That's so, I mean, it sounds like what you're doing is like, a basic kind of organizing structure like the kind of fundamental bare bones of like we're in the communities we're partnering with partnering with larger organizations and agencies you've kind of got footholds in many different um like different community touch points um, you know, what
3: we we tried to do was build a grassroots organization that has a small business infrastructure and uses really good technology. So one of the first things I did when I started Spread the Vote was I worked with this amazing group called Ragtag, which you guys should check out. Um, And they build uh, free and incredibly reduced price tech for progressive organizations and candidates. Um, And so we built... Our, a custom database because there was obviously no data database existed that even like came close to covering what we do. Um, we built an online intake form, like all of these different, you know, tech tools um, that we're able to, you know, deploy with our volunteers on the ground so that they can use really good tech to help organize, to help um, manage the clients, to help do intake and to help us like make sure that they're getting through the pipeline, et cetera. Um, you know, we have a lot of ways that we operate. I'm trying to be very, very nimble and very, you know, like we don't have offices and things like that, you know, and and trying to, I'm be very economical. I'm and uh, that last year was a really tough fundraising year. So we're like more economical than ever. We're like as lean Mm -hmm. as humanly possible now. I'm but then always with a, you know, a very sort of homegrown grassroots, like everybody that we, uh, you know, if we hire field staff or we work with volunteers, they live in the area. They're from the area. We work with local partners, I'm, because we are work. I mean, a, I just think that principally that should always be the case. But we're, yeah, you're working with a population of folks who for whom a trust is a really tough thing um for whom Mm, being able to connect being able to like get back in touch you know it takes an average of three to four weeks to get an id so we're having to constantly find folks and get back in touch with them and have them find us and so having those consistent touch points having those highly local people who are always available i am having that trust is really critical
2: i want to ask you uh switching gears ever so slightly i want to talk a little bit about uh, voter suppression um specifically uh like if you can elaborate a little bit on what you and your sort of team organization has seen in regards of sort of the lengths that states will go to suppress voters and sort of like what that looks like because I feel like you hear about voter suppression all of the time and but we rarely hear about the specific things that they are doing um in or in order to suppress. And so I just want to sort of highlight what those actions are, because I think having more knowledge around what that is can help combat it, you know, like can help voters be like, OK, I know what to watch for now. Um, so, yeah, if you can if you, you can speak to that a little bit.
3: I think, I think the situation actually is that people hear about voter suppression all the time but don't recognize it as voter suppression, right? So, like, voter ID laws mm. are very clear voter suppression. Voter purging, right. very clear voter suppression. Requiring IDs or birth certificates before you register to vote is very clear voter suppression. Making people drive, you know, from where they work to where they live in order to vote at a specific polling place is voter suppression. Uh, you know, not having early and weekend voting is voter suppression. Like, it's, it's right. all of the things that we're very well aware of, you know, making it very difficult to get um a I'm a a ballot in your first language, right? (laughs) Is voter suppression. Right, right, yeah. There is a very big problem with um people with disabilities being turned away from the polls even though they have absolutely every right legally to be able to vote. Um so it's it's you know really our our country has always suppressed. The vote. I mean, if you think about it, every single group of people, except for white male landed gentry, have had to fight really hard just to have the ability to vote. Because we are right, a country absolutely. that, unlike pretty much every other country on Earth, forces people to mm-hmm. prove that they're good enough to vote rather than saying, yeah, obviously, everybody right. should vote. Or in some cases, everyone's going to vote whether you like it or not. Right. Um, so every every bit of. Um, of the process and all of these laws that you're seeing, um, they're all voter suppression. And I think people really, and and I get it because we identify, you know, with stories and individual issues and we want a lot of, you know, sort of drama. And that certainly exists, right? Like you had Brian Kemp in Georgia who, uh, you know, hid a bunch of brand new plastic wrapped voting machines that were supposed to go to communities of color in, you know, closets. That happens. But the thing is that that is very rare because the system has suppressed the vote so extraordinarily well for so long that they don't need to be a lot of small, dramatic issues. You know, one of the things they found with voter ID laws is not only does it stop obviously anyone who doesn't have an ID from voting, but they were finding that hundreds of thousands of people who had the right ID weren't going to vote because they thought they needed something special. People all the time who call and say, I need help. I need to get a voter ID. And then we always say, "Okay, well, do you have any of these things? And we'll say, do you have a driver's license? Like, yeah, I have a driver's license. Oh, you can vote. Oh, I thought I needed something special. How smart these laws are. So, you know, you have a system that is built around us you know a, a suppression from day one and then you have you know um organizations and you know one specific party that is very good strategically at passing suppressive laws and another party that doesn't fight them ever um and so you you have really there are very few things about our electoral system that are not suppressive. And there are some places that are fighting it, like, you know, California and in Los Angeles County. We have this amazing new electoral system that's um, launching around the city this year. That's really incredible. That's really fighting this. Um, But, you you know, there are a lot of things that are not thought out. So, for instance a lack of civic education is hugely suppressive. The number of people who don't vote because they don't want to mess up or because they just they don't know answers to certain questions. And even when you look at states that have, for instance, all mail-in voting, which everybody thought was a panacea. But if you look at Oregon, they only have 68% turnout, even with all mail-in voting, because that doesn't actually solve all the problems. People still get this huge ballot right. in the mail that they don't know what to do with. So I think that really, if you're looking at our electoral system at all it's you know you're seeing and hearing about voter suppression all the time it's just it is not something i think that registers because there's so much of it that we're used to or because it feels so big right so like in wisconsin they just purged another two hundred thousand voters right that's that's voter suppression <laughs> i know
2: it's so crazy. i just oh man it makes me want to flip a table it really the, does
1: the voter like the voter id laws and the other forms of voter suppression you know, I feel like it's a response to the um, the monster of, like, voter fraud, right? Like, that's what oh, it's, sure. it's coming from. Like yeah, people it's all are fraud. Voting. Yes, it's all fraud. People are going in and they're voting twice. So they're, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, and I just want to, like, put it. Do you, I, I don't know if that you have statistics on this because we didn't ask you to bring anything in. But do you, like, it's really extremely rare Voter fraud. It's
3: literally, I know mean, you can Google this, but it's like point zero 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 one yeah, percent of yeah, the time voter, person voter fraud happens. Um, so it's right. you know, it, it, I think they found like twenty one cases out of three billion or something. And here's why. So I always tell people, like, think about this logically, right? Like, they're always like, oh my god. Buses full of Mexicans are coming to vote in California, which, first of all, if there's one place that you don't have to try to, like, make the vote bluer, it's California. So that in itself is a ridiculous thing. (laughs) They've got it on lock, for sure. (laughs) That's not happening. But then, like, okay, so you're pulling these buses full of Mexicans up. And then you're what? Having them put on funny hats and glasses and walk into a like tiny little like rotary club voting precinct and like try to look backwards on the list and be like, yeah, my name is... Hans Finkelstein, like it's just, it's an absurd thing. Like it isn't happening. (laughs) (laughs) And when you actually think about like what this would have to look like, like you know, and like what the person at the precinct is not going to be like, huh? That's weird. There's this line of 500 Mexicans that just got off of buses (laughs) and are like trying to vote. Oh, okay. I'm sure his name is Sally. Like it's it's the most absurd. Come on in. Um, and I I. Hello, Florence. Exactly. If you actually like role play this, then you're like, oh, yeah, that's really freaking dumb. Now, here's yeah. what's interesting. The one place where we do see not a lot, but a little bit more uh, voter fraud is mail in voting. Well, guess what mm. doesn't at all affect mail in voting? Voter ID laws, because you don't have to show your ID when you mail in a ballot.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait, that, yeah, and that's crazy. I'm just like, so, so, ha- like, what? Oh, huh, I hate. I just, it doesn't make sense. It's like, okay, cool. I can mail it in and not use an ID, but they're like, fraud is happening in the poll, like in
3: person. The whole point, right? And this is how you can recognize gaslighting. I use this a lot every time someone tries to gaslight me. This happened a couple weeks ago and it's like everything coming out of your mouth makes zero sense. Oh, because you're lying, right? Like nobody actually thinks that voter fraud is a problem. I mean, fine, there's a small percentage, but they also are going to believe absolutely anything. They also believe that everybody's a lizard person and like Obama smells like sulfur, right? Like that, that population yes. we could just Which discount. Which he they're is all, and we are building and that's bonkers. just what it is. Anyways, um, although I do that, recommend do stay preppers. somebody
1: It is a has somebody alleged that Obama smelled like sulfur?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Alex Jones. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's a whole thing. Oh, I could get oh, into it. C- wow. Love his work.
1: Literally <laughs> prolific.
2: Uh, perfect. Yes. Wow. As sort of a prophet, really. But the,
3: whole po- <laughs> the point of all these things is that they're not saying things because everybody actually thinks voter fraud is a problem. They're saying things because it gives them a flimsy excuse so that then they can do these really racist things. And they, and there are so many people on YouTube who have said, oh, yeah, we really need voter ID laws so we can win. Right. And so there's like flimsy excuse of voter fraud is like when I say I can definitely eat a pint of ice cream tonight because I did five crunches this morning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's math that you really want to work, and it's, it just doesn't. Look, it hasn't been working for me for many years.
3: <laughs> Does not work with voting.
2: We all recommend everybody get some ice cream right now and and eat ice cream while
3: listening to this podcast. Yeah. You've earned it. Truly, if you're it. trying to like survive dry January. <laughs>
2: Oh my God, I truly am. And let me tell you, it is it is hard. Why it's do we really... do dry January? Why don't we I ask do dry you? February?
3: Um, it's the shortest month of the year. That's when we should be doing this. Because that
2: would make sense. And <laughs> simply, we don't lead with logic in no. this country. We're just like, let's start the year off miserable and then build up.
3: <laughs> right, and then we'll just torture our liver for the next 11 months because we're so grateful. Exactly. Um, yeah. Right. Dry yeah. is the biggest so mistake of my life. But other, other than that, um, no, so I think that's, <laughs> that's where all of these sort of very flimsy excuses for voter fraud are coming from is, A, I mean, pe- you know, first of all, critical thinking in this country is dead, which explains 100% of everything that's happened in this country in the last 50 years. Uh, and mm-hmm. so people aren't going to do their own research. People aren't going to think about it. People aren't going to, like, role play it out and be like, yeah, actually, that doesn't make sense. And people just really, really want these racist policies in place. And so they are happy to believe whatever you're going to say, as long as it means that, you know, some white dude's going to stay in power and protect you from the apocalypse or start it. Because some people really want that. I mean, I'm team apocalypse, but... That's another story. Just burn it <laughs> to the ground, it's what I feel like. You know what?
2: Like let's burn it and then a rebirth will happen. Let's be a phoenix rising from the ashes. Our
3: best days are behind <laughs> us.
2: Uh, yes, we are. We are at the latter end of our life for sure. Just put us in a home. Like honestly, <laughs> put us in a home, come come have lunch with us once a month and and just call it. That's how I feel at this point. Yes.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about the states that you guys are working in, because um, you mentioned originally there were did you say 12 or 16 states that were co- 12 that were covered under the Voting Rights Act that are now no longer.
3: Yes, yes, yes. We're so sorry, different numbers. We're in 12 states, not the same 12. I mean, some of, but not all of the same 12 that were uh, covered by oh, got it. The Voting Rights Act. And there are 34 uh-huh. states that have some form of voter ID law. And all fifty so, we have people who need IDs. <laughs> <of> so
2: <laughs> there are voters in all fifty states. Uh, 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 we wish there weren't, but there and, are, and here we are. And here we are.
1: <laughs> um, so I, you know, I know that it is hard to when you are thinking about the fifty states to make any kind of you know broad statement about any one type of occurrence that could happen. You know, each state is going to have their own voter ID laws. But what are some of the most like, what are the states that you find that to be the most difficult, New York and New Jersey aside? Um, what are some of the most like oppressive laws that you are coming up against? Um, like, just a little bit more information on, like, the state situation. Yeah.
3: What are they up to? Yeah. So it's interesting. So, you know, a couple of universal things, right? One thing that we found and one of the reasons that I, I want to be in all 50 states is that I'm – we found pretty early on if you don't have the ID that you need for job, housing, food, shelter, et cetera, then you're not voting regardless of whether or not your state requires ID. Right. And so that's why we sure, see in every right. single state. I mean, a except Minnesota. Shout out to Minnesota. They've had the highest voter turnout in the country for like 10 years now. Literally there.
2: Oh, my God. Yes, Minnesota. I want to know why. Yes, Queen. That state is cold as
1: fuck too. That's
2: yeah. in
3: November. I was on Minnesota NPR once and this guy called in to find out where his precinct or his polling place was, like on his hunting uh route, because he was gonna be out hunting on election day, but he still wanted to vote. I was like, this is the best state ever. Yes.
2: Come Cums on.
3: And, but, for you know, but, but the most vulnerable I are not voting anywhere, um, and that's really critical, so that that's a universal thing that we have found um right. that mm-hmm. is true everywhere um when it comes to uh, i d laws i uh, so there are states like Texas where you can vote with a gun license, but not a student i d Um, perfect that's my home state so proud
2: of it so proud well you know it is
3: the hardest place in in the country to register voters
2: (laughs) it is Excellent. excellent thank you
3: it's good to be a winner to register voters in texas it's ridiculous
1: um is it because of the like the like you can't because of the way you have to approach people, the places you can't First can of all,
3: you can only register voters in Texas if you live in Texas. So people always come in election day and like busloads like, uh, we want to register voters. And everyone's like, go home. Like you can't. I, You obviously cannot register voters online because it's Texas. Um, but what you have to do and it's the most Texas thing ever. Is you have to be deputized in every single county in which you want to register voters. Which means you have to take a class and like pass a whole little thing, and then you get deputized. They do not give you a deputy star, which I think is a crime. Oh my god, what's the point? I know what's the point <laughs> if you don't get a star. But <laughs> I want what is the like law in Texas of all places? I know. I look. Believe me, I have complained to many Texas officials about this. I'm. Oh my god, bad. who do I need to call? But so you have to be deputized in every single county in which you want to register voters. And that deputization runs out on December 31st of every even year, which means every two years you have to get redeputized in every single county in which you want to register voters. 83% of eligible voters in this country are registered to vote. Like, we don't have a voter registration problem. Um, so I think you have a much smaller percentage of people who weren't registered to vote. And the biggest piece of the pie, and I have an actual pie chart that I pull out all of the time that shows this, the biggest piece of that pie, the biggest number of people is registered voters who didn't vote. Oh, I see, me
2: wow. Me so
3: people are registered. Yeah. They just don't vote. A huge percentage of those people, well a large percentage, but not even close to 50% don't have IDs, you know, but then there's all these other problems, right? There is the transportation problems. There's language barriers. There's not knowing who to vote for, how to vote for. There's all of these other things. So we have a country in which 83% of eligible voters are registered to vote, but an average of 50% only vote. And that 33% is tens of millions of people who decide every election because they don't vote. Many, many, many of them because their vote's been suppressed in some way. And that's the real problem. God.
2: Yeah. Oh I mean, I knew God. voter
3: turnout was an issue, but when you really think about the numbers, it's it's painful. Yeah. And it's frustrating. And it's how you get states that have 300,000 or 600,000 or all these huge numbers of registered voters who, for instance, don't have ID because they're, they're we're registering them, but then we're not thinking about all of the other things we need to actually get them to the polls. Right.
2: The obstacles that right. you may over, like have to overcome when you're heading to the polls. Right.
1: And then if you try and get people transportation, if you try and solve that that cost of it for somebody who's trying to go vote and then wasn't it in Atlanta where they they showed up somebody c- came with a bus of people to the polling place and they're like you can't do that Like yeah. you're trying to solve a part of the problem yeah. and then those people get turned away
3: yes yeah I mean and then there are so many pieces to it um you know it's why we ha- we do like okay we'll do education man a voter plan and this and we'll get the polls and like all of these different things because there's so many micro barriers and if we don't address all of them then we're leaving people in the lurch. Um, but that was a huge tangent. I can go back and answer your original question.
2: <laughs> no, I it's
3: it's literally I know it's like it's
2: one thing leads to another thing, and you're like, oh my god, that's right, that's also a problem. That's also a
0: problem. <sighs>
3: this is why January is
0: so hard. I know.
3: I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's it's things like that, right? So it's each state coming up with okay, you need um this specific thing, uh you know this specific type of ID. So Georgia is interesting because Georgia decided. That students can only vote with their student IDs if they go to a public or technical college. So if you are a high schooler or you go to a private college like Morehouse, Spelman and Clark Atlanta, three of the biggest HBCUs in the country, hey, guess what? You actually can't vote with your student ID. But if you go to a public college or a technical college, which is more likely to be majority white, then you can vote with your student ID. And they have an actual list of all of the schools that are allowed to vote with their student IDs. That's so flippin'. I just want to flip a
2: table. I'm so flippin'
3: mad.
1: Are people suing? Like, I just, every time you talk, cat, I feel like- Oh, I'm sure, yeah. (laughs) The thing that's going on in my brain is like, please tell me there's a lawsuit. Please tell me there's a lawsuit. I
2: just want to walk up to Georgia and say, knock it off. So Not here's the problem all. with Get lawsuits
3: us. is that conservatives have spent fifty years building the judiciary that they've wanted to see, and right. yeah, the Democrats sure. haven't done anything sure. to fight it. So you, judges are being like, "Yeah, that works for me," and then we're lost. Yeah, right.
1: surprise, surprise. Is uh, that why? Is that in the beginning you were saying that um, there's like a voter ID law or something? There's a um, a Texas law that has been struck down, but the law is still still existent is operable. Is that? Well, because, what happens, why, because first of all,
3: the vegetarian. Texas state ledge only meets every two years, which is insane. But it also means they can do a thing, Shut and they know that they've up. got to.
2: Well, they're why we don't have much going on. Just show up, do the thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's a tiny state. There's like four people there. I was one of them. I left, and so now there's three. <laughs> and
3: it's Lizzie's family. I mean, it's, it's, it's the rest of my family. <laughs> Your family, are the only people there, so they just need to meet more often. Yeah. No, it is a crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It is. Probably of all of the like crazy bonkers Texas things. And Texas is one of my favorite states, but it is insane. Like go to work more often. So that's part of the problem. (laughs) We're just asking, like meet once a year. Right. I mean, come on, an annual meeting. Um, Part of it (laughs) is that I'm, they change the laws every time, right? So they would change it, the the courts would strike it down. They'd be like, the real problem is X thing. They'd be like, all right, well, we'll just tweak that X thing and then you have to go through a whole another process of lawsuits and so right. what finally happened after the fifth I one um, and there are varying opinions about this and I won't give mine but what what happened is both sides sort of came to an agreement and like they, <clears throat> they allowed the um, Texas to Change a couple of things about the law that do not make it any less oppressive, in my opinion. And then they were like, "All right, we're done. We're going to stop because it's getting expensive. Because it's now the fifth time we've had yeah. to like come and do this." And so, um, so really, the other side, I think, kind of capitulated. So I guess I am going to say my opinion. I'm and Texas won, but you know, the state could've, legislature could have legislature could have kept this going forever, right? Like yeah, that's yeah. the game. Right. Right. And you see, you know, you have cases like in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina's um state supreme court struck down their voter id law and said in the decision this is obviously racist you guys like stop being dicks and then that exact phrase was in the the decision um and then (laughs) this is
2: literally clearly quite frankly racist and i'm quite frankly sick of it exactly
3: first of all how dare you and i'm (laughs) what gives you the right so then the supreme court of the united states um affirmed the decision and said yeah obviously this is right we're not even going to talk about this go away um so <laughs> then what north carolina did is they said oh okay we'll just put it on a ballot measure as a constitutional amendment with a bunch of other stuff that the voters want perfect
2: perfect love that
3: and now voter id laws are part of the state constitution oh my,
2: oh my god, god. Uh, good for them uh- so happy i'm just gonna throw myself out a window
3: <laughs> and it's really hard to get things off of the constitution so you know there sure are is. there are just sure so many is. ways to keep this going and the thing is you know in our sort of whole theory of change our whole idea is look if we get like these things aren't going away so let's get people the idea yeah. yeah. so they can vote and then
0: exactly we'll have
3: enough people you know eventually it's gonna take us a little while who have mm-hmm. who are voting For people who actually represent them and then we can get them into office and then they'll be like, hey, let's get rid of these BS laws because I'm someone who was voted by people who that with that mandate of changing these laws. Yeah. And and that's how we're going to do it because the people in power right now know that the only way they stay in power is by preventing them. Oh, yeah. Of of poor people, of brown people, of young people from voting. And so we need to change the people in power first. But in order to do that, we have to play by their game because they've won this round. Exactly right. right.
2: I feel like I feel like the sort of voter ID laws and and gerrymandering kind of go hand in hand. You know, let's draw the lines how we want them and then suppress the people who could potentially threaten the lines that we've drawn, you know. Um, so I love I sort of love how they sort of like complement each other in that way. It's like red wine and a steak.
3: <laughs> and it makes just a hearty little meal. <laughs> I am so jealous of their strategic thinking. You know, it, it is it's it's having. Really long-term strategic plans that you work on carefully and methodically and thoughtfully um, is something that one side of the aisle does very well and one side of the aisle does not at all. And we are now and at I a feel point like- where we are at the end of a fifty-year plan that was put into place that worked yeah. almost exactly like they wanted it to work.
1: And they were all like reading the same playbook, like yeah. the, you know, like they're well, they have like, an organization like- that work- writes
3: the playbook that they all work from. It's called Alec.
1: Yes, yes. Um, they do have great think tanks over on their side. Um, but I also feel like everybody just gets on board. Like they, it's you. Like the Democrats would get the same playbook, and then everybody would have meetings about it, and committee hearings, and things would happen, and the playbook would like everybody would just ignore it, and then we'd all infight. And I don't feel like we would ever get anywhere. You know, like we could try the same thing. I just don't feel like people would fall in line the way. Like, there's no Republican who's like. Yeah, no, voter ID laws, like, I don't know, it just sounds, like, wrong to me, you guys. Like, maybe we shouldn't do that here. Like, they all just buy it and get on board.
2: Yeah, it is crazy. Do you you see any sort of, like, because I feel like voting laws and voter ID, all of the stuff that we've sort of talked about, it's, like, it's crazy to me. This is where I get into sort of, like, states' rights stuff, where I'm, like, it's crazy to me that it is different in every state, especially like when you think about like federal elections and stuff like that it's like do you ever see it going to a federal system of like this is what you need in every state to vote do you, do you is that even on a dream board anywhere or do you find that to be harmful or hurtful like is it better to be for it to
3: be left up to the states I mean, I guess it depends on which way it goes, right? So, um, I mean, first of all, our Congress is never going to get anything done, so there's no hope.
2: What do you mean? They're doing such good work right now. Oh my! I mean, just
3: passing stuff left and right. I've never felt more safe. Exactly. Um. So, so no. I here's you know, I think that a so there is a uh, I think it's uh, HR HB one I'm or something, and I'm sure there's some like marvelous name for it that I can't remember, but that is designed for people to remember. But there is an attempt in the House right now to pass basically a a re-up of the Voting Rights Act. It's never going to happen with Mm -hmm. the Senate because we have a small, tiny Kentucky turtle in the office in charge there. But like, you know, so that part of the problem that nothing's ever going to happen um you know were they to make a national law right it would depend on and we do have like you know the national voter registration act like we have passed you know federal legislation for for elections since 1968 and but it depends on who's writing the law right like if um if maxine waters is writing it and has a real view and eye towards voting rights and wants to impose that federally Fabulous. If Mitch McConnell is well, writing it, go. then no, we don't want that. Cause then all of a sudden, Absolutely you know, not. California and Maine not really draconian. <laughs> so it really no depends on who the people are who are writing it. You know, there are things I really want. We're the only developed nation on the planet that doesn't have a national ID, right? Like all of these problems. Perfect. I love that for us. Yeah. yeah. We're the only we're the only developed nation on the planet that thinks that you have to earn the right to live, right? Like yo, Perfect. you're yes. poor. Go die. And oh, your kid's gonna die too, too bad. Like, you only deserve to see a doctor if you can get a good enough job, F you, right? Like, we're the only country that has that initial policy that you only get the chance to live if you earn it. Every other country is like, yeah everyone should just get to be alive and marginally healthy and then you know we've got other like issues but like (laughs) everyone should see a doctor right like we're we're like Mm -hmm. oh too bad you poor asshole go die in the streets like that is that is the way our country is based built so in every other developed nation there's a you get an id like everybody gets an id so that you don't have all of these problems whereas in this country if you want a job, you better hope that some random like, nerd in her bedroom in California comes up with a nonprofit and somehow makes it to your state and somehow raises <laughs> yeah. the money and somehow recruits a volunteer who will help you like go through the horrible process of getting an ID so you can get an effing job. Like you really better hope that all of those things happen because this country could give an. A fuck. I'm sorry. I don't know if you're allowed to swear on your podcast. Oh, my oh God, honey, honey say whatever them you want. Fly. Let them fly. That's that is the the foundation of our country is you only get to live if you earn it. Right. Our whole yeah. country yeah. is the Coliseum. And so we should have a national ID, not even for voting, for Being able to just not sleep on the street every night, right? Like, we should have one. We don't. And that is a thing that I would love to see happen. It is not a Mm -hmm. thing our government is capable of, first of all, passing, or second of all, implementing in any way, shape, or form. And you see, there are some... um cities that are creating municipal ids and it's fantastic because they're saying look we've got this problem we don't have the power to create a you know a state or a federal id but we can at least create a municipal id that we can give to people so that they can at least get jobs and services in our city um and so there this, are a few cities around is... the country that are doing that and more and more are starting to um but yeah. we should have yeah. a national id we should we're never going to yeah you should. i agree. i will
1: say that it took me Like uh, the DMV uh, to get my state ID took me almost four hours to go to the New York City. I don't remember what this building is, but the New York City ID. Yeah. Took me like 20 minutes. Yeah. It was really easy. The people were very nice. It wasn't busy. And like, and you get great benefits with it too. Like you get to go to the museums. Oh my God, you get to go everywhere. You get to go everywhere and you don't have
3: to be, I don't think you have to be a citizen. Like there's a, there's a lot of great benefits about it. And that's another thing it's great for is you could, I mean, in some states, like Texas, California, some states you can get a driver's license if you're undocumented, but in many states you can't. Um, and so being able to get a municipal ID if you're undocumented means that you can still access basic services. Your children can still access basic services because right. you have that ID. It also means it. if someone, if a cop pulls you over, you have an ID to show them, which is. You have an ID. Right. Yeah, Exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, Kat, I think we're coming up on the end of our time with you. Um so I just wanted to we want to have just a few questions to kind of close it out. I do want to ask one more kind of substantive substantive question. Um just to help give our listeners like to put a human face on the problem. Um what are some of the most common reasons that you come across um for somebody or a reason why somebody might not have an ID? So
3: uh, I'll start sort of from the youngest to the oldest. So uh, we have a lot of students who, um, who don't have IDs. And one thing I don't think people necessarily realize is that kids are really not getting driver's licenses at the same rates these days that they used to i i've been in a yeah, lot of like so true classrooms of high school seniors i said how many of you have an id and maybe a third of the class will raise their hand Um, and so wow. i so they're not getting i mean think about cars are expensive insurance is expensive driver's ed is expensive right, yeah. most schools don't teach driver's ed anymore so you only have the option of paying hundreds yep. of dollars for private driver's ed i'm yeah you know, it's a lot. And so um, so and then they, they you know, frequently we work with kids whose parents I'm um, don't have the resources to help them, you know, get the ID and find all the documents and, you know, maybe get a birth certificate. Fifty seven percent of our clients need birth certificates. Right. So I'm um, so we have a lot mm-hmm. of young people who and you can't you know, you can't take the SAT without an ID. You can't start a job. You can't. If you graduate from high school without an ID, you have no way of starting your life. I'm. Um, so a lot of times it's it's sort of just, you know, you're young and you're coming from a family that can't necessarily help. Um, we work with a lot of returning citizens. You know, when you get out of jail, 99.9% of jails, even if there's a law in the state that says they're supposed to, they are not helping you get an ID. Um, and in fact, we have plenty right. of Department of Corrections that are uh, we're working with or that want to work with us more. And we're like, we just can't afford this because they also don't have the budget for it. Um, but you you know they let you out of jail and they're like great go you have to get a job right away and by the way don't hang out with any of the people you hung out with before like you know your friends and family um and no we're not gonna help you get a home or an id or any of these things and so then you're starting over supposedly but you have nothing um so we work with a lot of returning citizens um we work with a lot of people experiencing homelessness who may have become homeless. for You know, the number of people who become homeless because they had a medical emergency, um, you know, mm. because of a weather event, because they lost their house because of whatever, because they got laid off, you know, all of these different things. um And when you are homeless, holding on to your belongings is really tough. First of all, because the cops frequently take them and either throw them away or burn them in front of you. That happens a lot in every state.
2: Oh, Jesus. Okay.
3: Arson. I'm um, and then they'll give you a citation for being homeless basically and like sleeping on a bench and then they'll tell you you can't get an ID until you pay this $150 fine um right. right so you know and then but you're or you're at a shelter you know your life is unsteady you're living all over and so being able to hold on to documents is really tough um we work with a lot of domestic violence victims and one measure of c- control yep. one common measure of control is that um the uh the violent partner will keep all of your documents and so when you finally are able <gasps> to run you have to run it yeah you can't you, you can have to start yeah. over um we you know we're in Texas, Louisiana, North Carolina, Florida, all sorts of places that get hit by storms constantly. And so we constantly have people who lost everything in a storm um, and don't have their ID. Um, We work with a lot of elderly people who, either because they've won in a rural area or because they were Black and they were born during Jim Crow, were never given a birth certificate. And for a long time, you could get an ID without a birth certificate, but now you can't. And the process of having to, of trying to get proof of birth for someone who's in they're you know like 80s and never had a birth certificate to begin with is really really tough oh, um and so sure. so that's a, a you know a big reason so there are all sorts of um of reasons why people don't have an id we also do work with a lot of folks who are undocumented um and really need mm-hmm. id because they need to show something when they get pulled over regularly i'm um, you know there are just right. all sorts of 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 ways that you end up not having the thing you need or not being able to renew it because maybe you had a job when you had your driver's license at first but now you've you know been laid off for a while and you can't afford to renew your license so you have something that's expired you know there's a lot of reasons
1: well also i think like with some of the ids like you can't i had a valid new york state id but you can't just renew it you have to get the new real id thing and that has to be done in person and you have to come with documents and you know so I think there's also you know there's also that that sometimes you just can't for whatever reason or another you can't renew them
3: yeah absolutely I mean we had to starting last year no starting in 18 after midterms we had to rehaul some of our states and every year and now we had we've done all of them because as the real ID laws were um coming to effect in different states we had to just like go through our whole system and say okay these are the rules now and retrain all of our volunteers in that state and et cetera because it became more and more wow. difficult um to to help folks get their IDs.
2: Oh my goodness. Um I guess I'll just ask one final question just sort of as like as we close out, which is, you know, for our listeners who either don't have an ID or do have an ID but aren't registered, um, what are some of the first steps or resources they can do or look to to get ready for the upcoming election, for instance, for, for 2020 November um, and the primaries that exist
1: before it?
3: Um, so if you need to register to vote, uh, there are a ton of you know websites. You can go to your state elections website, which is usually like tn.elections.gov or something like that i'm Mm -hmm. or you know rock the vote or vote.org or there's a million different websites that you can go on and most states you can register online if not they will you know tell you how to do it i'm uh if you're in texas they'll tell you where to get a piece of paper i'm but i'm you know so so you know visit one of those sites registering to vote is relatively easy so that you can you can go on or you know it's twenty twenty. Someone will stop you at a grocery store.
1: <laughs> Somebody will knock on your door. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. You, please please vote. vote. Um, if you need an ID, uh, if you go to spreadthevote.org dot org um and uh, look at our um our states tab. If you live in one of the twelve states uh where we operate, then there is a. Um, there's a button I think it's called get an ID or something or spread the vote slash um, vote and you can fill out a very short form there's also a phone number that you can call or text and then we can help you get an ID if you're in one of those 12 states um, if you're not I'm I hate to say there aren't a ton of resources. I'm yet, which is why I want to be in all fifty states. So if you have a billion dollars, please write me a check for seven hundred (laughs) fifty million. Oh my god, (laughs) our
2: billionaire listeners, for the love of God, please, let's go, let's go, (laughs)
3: let's do it. Um, and so, uh, so you know, I would say your best bet if you need an ID is to go to um, every every almost every city has a, a a. service organization that I'm um, sort of offers a lot of help so it may be what's the largest you know sort of uh, food bank or shelter in your area or I'm um, you know or go to the mayor's office um etc and you can ask them what's a good resource to help me I get an ID and if there is something you know some some states do have I'm um, you know i uh, um, places there's this great church in DC that we actually like shadowed when we were first starting that's been helping people get IDs for a long time. There's a wonderful organization in, in uh, Phoenix, um, I believe, somewhere in Arizona, maybe Phoenix. I um, but you know so there are there are organizations in some places um that may be able to help mm-hmm. um and um or if not they may be able to guide you to some resources um or at least help sort of break down the process for you um to make it a little bit easier.
1: That's so helpful. Yeah. Um... Kat, where can our listeners go to find out more about the organization, about you, um, give them some, like, handles and some sites to go visit? So
3: you can go to spreadthevote.org to find out all about us. I'm and spreadthevote.org slash donate to donate. Our average ID cost is $40. So think about that when you think about how much you want to give. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are Spread the Vote U.S. I'm um, and I my email is probably somewhere on there, but you can email uh, either cat at spreadthevote.org or take action at spread dot org um if you have questions or, or thoughts or concerns.
1: Awesome. Love
2: it. Thank oh, you kat, so much. Thank you so much. This has been literally such a incredible conversation to mm-hmm. have. Um and it's just again, I can't say it enough. It's so it's just it feels so good to know that something like this exists uh especially in in sort of the the hell hole we are living in at the moment. Um <laughs> while not drinking, it's just uh, I just appreciate really what you're doing so much. Well, thank you um, so much for having agreed. me. Really.
1: Oh my god, of thank course. Thank you. Thank you for coming on.
2: Yeah, and to our sweet sweet listeners, we love you so so much and we will see you next
1: Wednesday. It's next Wednesday.